Welcome to the Daily Summation Podcast from Kurt's Religion and Politics. The podcast that you're about to listen to is the lightly edited audio from a video for the Daily Summation that I put on YouTube and Rumble on the Kurt's Religion and Politics channels. If you want to check them out, you can do that there. But if you want to just go ahead and listen to the audio, which as I say, I've edited to take out a bunch of the annoying pauses and so forth, you can listen to it here. Thanks for tuning in and now on with the podcast. Good morning and welcome to today's edition of the Daily Summation from Kurt's Religion and Politics. I'm your host, I'm Kurt, and I'm glad to see you this morning. This morning it is the 4th of November 2020 and it is a Wednesday and I wanted to talk about a blog post that I'm in the process of writing and that blog post talks about the administrative state and I wanted to... Okay, so... There, there's this tendency to talk about the administrative state and all of these things, all of the various things that are related to that in a sort of more abstract kind of way and talk about the various entities, the Department of Education, the Federal Communications Commission, the Federal Aviation Administration, and so forth. And I get that, and that's and that's significant, but I just wanted to take a minute to to talk about all of this from a sort of a more personal perspective for me personally. And I wanted to say that there are three pretty serious I consider them anyway, pretty serious examples of what we're talking about that I think you probably ought to hear about just so that you have some knowledge of how the administrative state is actually affecting uh, people by and large out, out in the community. And the first has to do with when I was working for the local Department of Health and Human Services, and I found out that we had this pro uh, product called CVT. I worked for the Department of Health and Human Services as a contractor to a contractor. I was literally a subcontractor for a contractor. And what we did was we provided software support in terms of development, software development for the Department of Health and Human Services. And I'm not going to say where, but they had a system called the... Uh, I forget what it's called. But anyway, it was a it was a system that basically tracked how much of the money... Uh, was coming in from various places to the state. And it turns out that probably more than half in most circumstances of all funding that came in from the federal government or came in from anywhere, came in from the federal government. Okay. And of course, there were no strings attached, right? That would never happen. We could never have strings attached to that. Of course, there were strings attached. There were expectations you were going to do this, you were going to do that, right? And, and and so every time money was spent, it had to be budgeted to the various buckets that it came out of. And more than 50% of that in almost every instance, in almost every program, was uh, money that came from the federal government. So that's, that's a kind of a scary thing. Okay, so uh, the second thing... Uh, I'm trying to think what the second one was. Well, let me get on to the third one, which is the one I kind of wanted to cover last, but I'll go ahead and talk about it now anyway. I have had to various times put my children in daycare because of circumstances that I'd really rather not get into. And 
I probably will end up having to do that again, just depending on circumstances, it's highly likely. I don't like doing that in the first place because I don't like having other people look after my kids for me. But the thing of it is this, on the walls of the daycares locally are notices about equal treatment, uh, non-racism and various things. Besides the fact that the daycares that my kids have gone to have been largely African-American, have been largely black, whatever you want to call them. Uh, And I have no problem with that, by the way. That's not an issue for me. I don't have a problem with that. Uh, But besides that fact, the thing that kind of amazed me was that the Notice the notices that were on the daycare walls were not something that the daycares dreamt up, and they weren't even something that the local government authorities decided were a good idea. They were from the federal government. Now, you ask yourself, how did the federal government get itself wedged into daycares? Well, the answer is through the USDA. The U.S. Department of Agriculture. That's right, you heard me correctly. The U.S. Department of Agriculture mandated that daycares had this notification on their walls. How the heck did the USDA do that? Well, it's not a super complicated process, but but give me a minute, because it's going to take a second to explain, not a huge amount of time, but the thing of it is this. Daycares operate on very tight budgets. They don't have a choice. If they want to operate, if they want to be competitive, they have to operate in payment schedules that match other entities' payments, other daycares' payment schedules, right? That are close. That are, and then it's a question of whether or not you like this one or that one better. But the the thing is, in order to stay within their allotted monies, they have to do two things. One, they have to accept vouchers. Okay so that daycare is paid for by somebody other than the person putting the kid in daycare. But two, they have to accept food from, you guessed it, USDA programs. And the USDA uses that as a lever and says, you will play ball our way or you won't get that food. And here's the thing about that. Again, if they have to go and buy the food, the additional expense makes the cost to them higher. So either they try and eat the cost, which, of course, none of them can really afford to do, particularly if they're low-end daycares. That is not highly expensive daycares. Okay, so they take the food, and in the process, they are subject to not just DHS, uh, Department of Health and Human Services locally, who is probably mandated in some way by the federal government, by the way, but that's beside the point. They're not, only, they're not only required to go through their various slings and arrows, but they're also having to deal with the, the uh, mandates of the USDA, the U.S. Department of Agriculture, because they're taking food from USDA sources. The third thing that I was trying to think of uh, was related to the fact that Medicaid is supposed to be a state-run program. There's only one problem. The organization on the federal government called CMS does federal oversight of Medicaid programs in which they basically tell Medicaid providers how they will operate. Okay? They do that. In fact, CMS, right? Simple little acronym. You would think Centers for Medicare Services. No, it's the Centers for Medicare 
and Medicaid services. Why isn't there an extra M in there? Because they don't want people to know that unless they're really, really paying attention to what's going on. That's why. It's because they've horned their way into the Medicaid market. They own the Medicare market for all intents and purposes. They can downrate you in such a way that you just disappear from the market or tell you that you can't operate on the market if you're, a, I think it's a Part C, the ones who do the uh, uh, Medicare services outside of the federal government using federal government mandates to do what they're they're doing, they can literally be told. I worked in a place, where, and I won't tell you who, but I worked in a place where they were providing those those uh, insurance, that insurance, insurance policy, right? And their provision of that insurance policy was fully, fully, fully under the federal government under CMS. But here's the thing. Medicare, well, it's Medicare. So you kind of expect that at least Medicare is going to say this is what we expect, this is what we mandate, and so forth. On the other hand, where Medicaid is concerned, it's intended to be a state program, yet it is managed largely on the federal by the federal government. And you can say it's not managed all you want, but if the if the federal Medicaid folks do not agree with what you're doing in your state Medicaid program, you will not get federal funding. And again, considering that the state gets 50% or whatever of its funding in most instances from the federal government on most public programs, guess what? That means you, you lose a huge percentage of your funding. And I wouldn't be surprised to hear that they held over them also the idea that they could lose funding for other health-related things if they don't don't play ball with what the federal government says that they need to do. So what it comes down to is this. There is an administrative state. I've given you some of the agencies that are part in the Department of Education and the, and the Federal Communications Commission and the Federal Aviation Administration and various others. And there are many. There are legion, right, of bureaucrats who are telling people what they need to do in order to maintain and to live with federal mandates that are being passed down, even if the programs that they're actually covering, for all intents and purposes, are state programs. And I'll tell you right now that I personally have seen what happens when the federal government gets its hooks into something. And you can you can look at other examples. There's the whole uh, refuse highway funds if you don't keep the speed limit below this level or move the drinking age up to 21 or whatever. All right, I am about out of time today, so I'm going to go ahead and wrap up. I hope you're having a good day. Again, today is the 4th of November, and it is Wednesday, the day after Election Day, and tomorrow will be the 5th of November, and it will be Thursday. I hope you're having a good day today, and hopefully we will see you again tomorrow. The speaker on this edition of The Daily Summation is Kurt Schubert. This video was recorded on Wednesday, November 4th of 2020. The Daily Summation is created for Kurt's religion and politics. Thanks for checking out this video. Remember that you can like it on YouTube and you can give it a rumble on Rumble if you want to do that. Uh, I have channels on both YouTube and Rumble. They are the Kurtz Religion and Politics channels. You can subscribe to either one of those if you want to do so. Remember, if you subscribe on YouTube, you probably want to click the notification bell in order to be notified of new content. Um, if you want to see more from me, you can check me out on 
my blog. That's blogs.kpshubert.com, blogs.kpshubert.com. You can also see my Facebook page. That is uh, Kurt's Religion and Politics on Facebook. You can check out my Twitter, Twitter, uh, Parlor, and Minds.com accounts. My handle on all three of those is at kpshubert. That's at kpshubert. You can um, check out my podcast. The podcast is at podcasts.kpshubert.com. That's podcasts.kpshubert.com. And finally, you can check me out on Patreon. And if you want to support me, that's probably one of the better places that you can do that. I am Kurt's Religion and Politics there. Thanks again for checking out this video, and hopefully we will see you again tomorrow. You've just been listening to the Daily Summation Podcast from Kurt's Religion and Politics. As I say at the intro, this is a uh, lightly edited audio from a video that I put on YouTube and Rumble that you can check out there. Uh, and I take out the pauses and so forth here, and it's basically the same content, except that you don't obviously get the video. Uh, I hope you have enjoyed what you've heard. Let me know if you have any com comments or whatever that you might want for me to, to get. Thanks for listening, and by all means, come back again tomorrow, and you'll almost certainly get another one of the Daily Summation podcasts. Thanks for listening. Bye.